From Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau files reports, makes recommendations that get ignored as we attempt to survive on the fungus that glows and is possibly sentient on the walls of the boiler room. One day, maybe, they'll promote us to first floor or even the basement. But until that day comes, we're stuck in this sub-basement, and this city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, not so good. No? No. There's a are thing you about- ill? Yeah, there's a thing about about me that you don't know. What's that? And this isn't an excuse. I have ADHD, comma, a brain injury. Oh, no. Yeah. Yep. So I can't be held responsible for anything that I might do or say in the next rest of my life. Lucky for you. Not so lucky, lucky for the for rest me. of us. Not lucky for anybody else. But certainly works out pretty well for me. Yeah. Um, that must be why you have a tendency to like fly off the handle every meeting. <laughs> yes, yeah, that must be it. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know whether I have, whether the ADHD is a brain injury or if I have ADHD and a brain injury. I'm not quite clear on that bit. But I, I, the upshot is if I say offensive or ridiculous things, it, that's why. Okay. Well, then I will just blanket forgive you for everything. Proactively. Hey, by the way, I'm working on, uh, I got a job doing a PR for Councillor Shaw. Oh, do you now? Yeah, I, I try. I've, I'm, I'm spinning out my, uh, my my ADHD comma brain injury thing. And uh, so far it's, uh, I don't know how well it's going, frankly. Right. So. so are you one of those PR firms that just really has like one thing that you can do for everybody? Yep. It's, it's, uh, it's a one-stop shop. Right. It's called uh, Aiden Morgan's uh, ADHD a brain injury it's not even a proper title like that's like that that's how you know that i have adhd comma a brain injury because that's all you can write down <laughs> that's just about it and, and like occasionally weirdly insensitive things that and bizarre questions that stifle debate and uh, and divert council business that's that's where i'm at right now right well you'll fit right in in this town Ooh, oh don't i know it yeah so do you think that you could, uh, you know, fight your way through the miasma of brain injury and ADHD and maybe do an attendance? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll, um, I'll, I'll give that a shot. Um, Please don't uh, fly off the handle at me for asking, though. Sorry, I can't, I can't convincingly fly off the handle. Um, okay. If we've got Hendu Lachep. Nope. No Hendu Lachep. No Hendu Lachep. Nary a one. Oh, man. Nary a one. So we, we're not going to hear about Hendu Lachep's uh, storied career. No. Storied career in what? Uh, well, um, apparently he was a Quebec Nordique. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's a sport, I assume. So he's a, that, that uh, on a the sport. team of. He's on the team, on some kind he's of sporting team. team. Yeah, yeah, he was. Well, here, here's the thing. Like, he, uh, he was, uh, I think he was the um, receiving end. For the Quebec Nordiques. The problem is that's a football position. 
And the Nordiques are a hockey team. Okay. Okay. It was very, very strange, uh, but he was so dedicated that uh, nobody questioned him. And uh, he played on the Nordiques uh, from 75 to 77. Wow. Uh, did he play his position well? He, he acquitted himself uh, with flying colors, uh, except uh, he and he refused to acknowledge uh, the, the, the puck and would only play with a football. So he was just forever waiting for footballs to be thrown at him and throwing the occasional ones because at games, people would actually bring footballs. And when they got bored or if the game wasn't going well, they would throw the footballs at him and he would toss it back. And uh, usually, usually just the game would just go all to hell. That's uh, it's kind of them though, to like indulge him like that. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. Well, I mean, it's, you know, he became kind of a, a mascot. Right. Uh, like, a, yeah, like a, Kind of like a patron, like a St. Christopher or whatever, or maybe St. Jude, the patron saint of lost causes, whatever, whichever right. one that is. I think that's Jude. Did they do uh, so, well yeah. while he was on the team? No, not at all. No. Um, it was it was very hard to win a game when you're when one somebody on the ice is throwing like footballs around and tackling the uh, opposing team. Right. He spent a lot of time in the penalty box, so that probably like that's when the Nordiques could actually shine in the right. mid 70s. Yeah. Wow. You tackled Guy Lafleur once. It was uh, it's crazy. Oh yeah. I don't. Really, there must be a uh, Canadian history moment on this somewhere. Oh yeah. There's 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 several because he was so renowned. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah. So all you have to do. I mean, I'm amazed that you don't don't know about it. Just part of any Gen Xers Canadian Gen Xers childhood growing up. Wow. Yeah, I'm barely aware of. Like, I wasn't even sure what the Nordiques were. Or what sport they played, and I just like saying the word Nordique. Nordique, yes, they uh, they're the they're the Quebecois team. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Le Chef died. He tried to uh, tried to eat a zamboni and it uh, on a on a dare, and it didn't go well. Yeah, that, I can see how that would go poorly. Yeah, he died very quickly. Did he go? Did he get far? Did he get through much of the zamboni? Uh, it was surprising. He actually got through a large portion of a tire, but then. Uh, when he got to the muffler, uh, he got cut up very badly, very quickly. Right. Yeah. Was... Also, the Zamboni was still on and and driving around the ice. So, not a smart man, I take not, it. Not not a smart man, but but he had heart. Right. That's what you want in a sporting dude. Exactly. Uh, he had heart, and he might have had ADHD, comma a brain injury. I'm I'm, I'm really gonna just milk that ADHD. You really are business for as long as I can. Uh, but anyway, he's not here. But That's I see too bad. that. Uh, I see that you are. Yeah, I am. Okay, so you are. Oh, hold on. You know what happened? I mixed up the letters. Um, Paul Deschen? That That is me. Cool. Okay, our second attendee. I uh, think this person has like shown up before. Uh, Nadia Gorman. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Nadia Gorman's been here before. Yeah, but no, Nadia I'm... Gorman is not here tonight. No, no, she is not. She's probably very busy. Uh, uh, doing her nightclub act, I imagine, yeah. which is uh, a one-woman burlesque show of uh, Gordon Corman's "This Can't Be Happening" at McDonald Hall. Oh wow, sexy! Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. When you, when you think sexy, you think you think the works of Gordon Corman. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so she's on tour. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm hard just thinking about this. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I didn't want to talk about it because I thought, my my lord, if I mention this, 
our listening audience will become just too aroused. Yeah. Yeah. Just too excited. This is going to uh, be, this could be our biggest show ever. It could be. It could be. They, uh, yeah. I want to hear about this show. <laughs> I want to hear about it over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, no, 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 let's, no, let's not. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you, you know, I'm, I'm the biggest yes ander in the biz, but uh, not tonight. <laughs> not this time, sir. Uh, okay. I want, I want to leave that behind. <laughs> Uh, and and just I'm going to regret that I even came up with it. Uh, anyway, Nadia is not here. She's doing her show, and well, this is a bit embarrassing actually. Uh, it looks oh, like no. I've uh, yeah I've mixed up some letters. Uh, should be Aiden Morgan. Yeah, that's you. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, so, and you're here. You're present. Oh, nice. And that's quorum. Yeah, a very flaccid quorum. <laughs> Very positive quorum. Maybe, maybe if we got the uh, the uh, that that this Gordon Corman, not a Gorman show in, we'd have we'd have a more lively quorum. Uh, okay, maybe after the meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some quorumography. All right, let's let's leave this behind completely. Yeah, and uh, let's let's get let's dive into the actual agenda. Oh my God! You know, it's the first item on the agenda is again what. It's- it's in it's in all caps, bolded and italicized, with exclamation marks. It's the shabakle. The shabakle. It, yeah. It's back. It it's never way. really gone away. It's like plagued <sighs> us for weeks, months. It's what it, almost two years of this council, and it's been shabakle from beginning to end. Pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. It's been a one long shabakle. Yeah. So uh, we, we talked about this last week how Councillor Shaw, there was an integrity commissioner complaint, well, a complaint with the integrity commissioner against her that had been lodged by, well, there were two. There was one by Councillor Andrew Stevens. That was what was being discussed at last week's council meeting. And then there was a second that was lodged by uh, 47 members of the public against her. Hmm. Uh, We learned a lot last week, to say the least. (laughs) We We all learned a little something about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And, so as and and what and what council will put up with? Yeah, we. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't expecting this meeting to be the the production that it was uh, because this has never happened before. We've never had a complaint with the integrity commissioner. Actually, I don't even know if we've had like a legitimate complaint with the integrity commissioner against a councillor ever. And certainly it has never gotten to the point where a report needed to be provided to city council. That's what we were, we dealt with last week. Um, The process was the integrity commissioner came in, read her findings. Then the complainant who in the, Oh no, wait, then uh, the uh, delegations, there were delegations who got to come in and speak on behalf. All of them, there were like, uh, there's one delegation and several letters. Uh, One was read into the record. Uh, they got to uh, present in favor of, in this case, Councillor Shaw. And then uh, the complainant, who is Councillor Stevens, he came in, he said his piece about why he like lodged this complaint. And then Councillor Shaw got to respond. And then there were questions all throughout this. Uh, Councillor Stevens, uh, when he spoke, he basically said, look, uh, you know, there were six complaints in my, in my list. Uh, only this one has been, you know, deemed 
to be within the purview of the integrity commissioner. And he pointed out that, uh, you know, when he lodged this complaint and he alluded to the fact that there was not a way for him to resolve this personally, but that Mm -hmm. after lodging the complaint, he and Councillor Shaw had an opportunity to speak uh, and that they reached a, uh, they, they, they reached, I don't know what you'd call it. I wanted to say detente, but I don't think that's what it was. Uh, they, 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 uh, they smoothed things over. They worked things out. And, you know, if it were possible, he said that, you know, the integrity commissioner complaint was already well, well along in the process. And had it been possible for him to like remove it, pull it back, he would have at that point because he feels like, you know, they've broken down the walls and are able to talk now. Uh, important though, that, you know, he said there were six items that he had listed and that they weren't all coming from him, that they were things that, you know, members of the public had raised that he felt needed to be brought to the uh, integrity commissioner. So he was like bringing these, these concerns that he had seen forward uh, on behalf of the public. Uh, then Councillor Shaw spoke. And as has been uh, widely covered in the media, Councillor Shaw confessed to having uh, a brain injury and comma ADHD. ADHD. Yeah. And that this has, you know, resulted in her being very impulsive in the way that she speaks and that she has a tendency to, you know, speak more perhaps aggressively on things than is warranted at times um, just because she's, you know, tends to fly off the handle a bit, but that she's always led with, you know, apologizing as her response to this situation and that the people who know her and know what she's gone through, uh, you know, they, you know, accept this about her personality and that she's very blunt and she speaks her mind. Right. So I I bet, I bet the doctors x-rayed her. I think I've made this joke before, Mm -hmm. but I bet they x-rayed her and were unable to locate a single racist bone in her body. Yeah. I should mention we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina <laughs> Community Radio. We're the now. Queen City. Yeah. We're the <laughs> Queen City Improvement Bureau talking about the shabacle that continues to unfold. I wanted to play a couple minutes here, like about a minute from okay. uh, what Councillor Shaw had to say at Council. This is not the bit that everybody has heard or heard reference to. Uh, it's, it comes later from after her confession about her, her struggles. I worked in the private sector and was never judged on my first response. I was respected and I was always apologetic and straightforward with everyone. As a parent, my children have been very understanding of mommy's frustration and anger, often telling me to go for a run and often telling me it's okay, mommy. Apology was always my first resource to my children, my family and her friends. To Councillor Sakinyak, I apologize to her. I respect her, and I did not want anything that I said taken in the wrong way. In the political world that I live in now, I am judged with every word that I say. I never get a do-over. I never get a, oh, behind closed doors, this is what happened. I'm judged for every word I say. To this, there is no benefit. Okay. So that's uh, Councillor Shaw. Do you, do you know? Do you know what the funny thing is about um, being a politician and a public figure? You, you're judged on every word you say, and it's not fun, but that's kind of the job. Yeah. Hey, I've got another little clip along that uh, 
thread. This is um, Councillor Shaw again. And uh, there was a press conference after the council meeting. And um, uh, she uh, responded again uh, more casually. The, the statements that she made at council were, it was a prepared uh, remarks because she, as she said, she didn't want to like, you know, she wanted to make sure that she said things you know, the way she wanted them to be understood. So, but here she is at a press conference after the council meeting. Sure. Um, Councilor Shaw, how are you feeling with the outcome of the vote today? Um, I feel good. Um, uh, moving forward, my my biggest um, worry was Councilor Sikidniak. Uh, her and I had talked about this after, we'd resolved it, didn't need to go to this, and I feel bad for her. I'm a stronger person. I'm not saying that she's a weak person, but it was just, I just felt bad for her. I'm glad what happened has happened and it's transparency is, is key. And now people know everything. Detailing such personal information about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think that impacts your um, position going forward, I guess, with council? With council, um, the council always has understood me we like I said we joked about it we laughed about it when Councilor Shaw can't remember something um what it was significant for me to say that and it was something I never wanted to say publicly was how it reflects on council the negative reflection that what I have brought to council at times and the way that they the public has seen it the way that the media has ran with it I did not want that anymore to reflect on council I wanted everyone to know this about me. So that was uh, mm. Councillor Shaw at a meeting press conference. That's a, that's a good little bit of shade thrown at councillors. Yeah. Gotta, gotta say that. Yeah, so I, I'm not quite sure I I understood like the her last point. She thinks that this reflects she she wanted to talk about when she said, you know, this is why I said what I said. Is she referring to her own uh, confession of of having a brain injury, uh, comma ADHD. Is that what? I think so. I think so. Okay. Yeah, but I also find it interesting that uh, both in her comments to uh, council and here in the press conference, she made uh, reference to the scrutiny that she's been under, the fact that she doesn't mm -hmm. get second chances, as if somehow uh, the media paying attention to uh, the comments that she's made is the problem. Uh, and that you know, if if the media hadn't made a big deal out of this, she'd be able to make her make her hurtful remarks, remarks that have hurt a lot of people in the city, and she could you know in the back room say, "Oh, I'm sorry," and everything would be fine. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I, I understand. I mean, the media has spent more time, and like <laughs> here we are, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, focusing on on Shaw's remarks. But I, I think it's not without reason. Mm -hmm. um, and it hasn't been, and I honestly, I don't think it's so much Tarina Shaw's remarks that have caused the media storm. It's been the reaction from the communities that have, that have been hurt and that yeah. have responded. That's what has focused attention uh, because she says she's judging every word she says. This is not strictly true. I mean, if if that were the case, then she would have only spoken for three minutes in total in, in her entire political career. And we know that's not the case. There are plenty of things she says that nobody judges or pays attention to. Yeah, It's a few things 
that people have responded to and said, hey, that's not cool, that have been what the media is focusing on. And fairly or not, you know, this has had the effect of even more attention paid to the word she. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. She released a press release today, actually. Oh, did she? Okay. Yeah. Before we get to the press release, though, uh, it's worth noting that uh, about that second um, integrity commissioner complaint, uh, that was that was in reference to a couple of remarks that she made about Indigenous people that were, uh, you know, Indigenous groups and people found these remarks quite hurtful right. and, um, you know, spread more prejudice about their community. Uh, and they actually, uh, FSIN uh, and, you know, a, a collaboration of Indigenous groups in the city wrote a letter to City Hall saying the stuff that Councillor Shaw has said is a problem to us and it has hurt our relationship with the city. During this press conference after the council meeting, uh, she was at, uh, Councillor Shaw was asked about the second integrity commissioner complaint and said that, uh, well, the, the investigation is not going forward. And in Councillor Shaw's words, that complaint was unfounded uh, and there was nothing to it. From my understanding, when I talked to our city manager, uh, the other um, report that was filed against me by Florence Stratton and I think Susan, um, they were unfound. And the reason why it wasn't public is it, this, like like Mayor Master said, this is all private and it all stays private until the finding comes out. So, but because that report was so public and they went public with it, their 47 signatures, it wasn't, so that was why I had the information to say that it was unfounded. There was no no truth to it. Um, Mr. Nickel, can you speak more to that or did I adjust that properly? Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what Councillor Shaw had to say about that second complaint, that the investigation was not going forward. Now, we learned later on that the integrity commissioner did not find that complaint unfounded. The integrity commissioner decided that this complaint was not within her jurisdiction that her mandate did not extend to statements made during council meetings and that that was the job of the mayor, the chair of the meeting, to deal with. Councillor Shaw was mistaken. Yes. In a very specific way, Councillor Shaw was mistaken. She read uh, not within the the integrity commissioner's uh, jurisdiction. She read it as, I am completely absolved of all guilt in this situation. Right. So she released a press release today. And here's what that said. I want to clarify the discussion regarding questions I posed, not comments I made at a council meeting. The nature of my well-intentioned inquiry has been misappropriated to represent something completely counter to my values on on very important issues such as homelessness, poverty, and racism. I appreciate that without proper context, some people may take offense to what they have read, which is why I want to set the record straight. My actions and long-standing commitments have proven my dedication to seeking improvements around those important issues. After meeting with Erica Baudin and Susan Deranger on September 1st, along with Mayor Masters and City Manager Jim Nickel, I learned how impactful my questions were to people's feelings. Susan Deranger, in her kind and empathetic words, helped me understand how I can offend a culture and how I need to understand my privilege. 
Susan Deranger suggested I take cross-cultural training. The training, as she stated, would help you understand how questions you ask can offend a culture, although well-intended, are not well-received. With cross-cultural training, this will help you respond better. I want to learn. I promised Erica Baudin, Susan Deranger, and Mayor Masters I would take a course in cross-cultural training. I want to do better, not because I was sanctioned by the Integrity Commissioner, but because I need to understand how I can hurt people's feelings with questions I ask. I never want to ever have my words, questions, or actions hurt Indigenous people or any other culture. I only want to help and serve the people. Signed, Councillor Tarina Shaw. Well, good for her. Good, 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 good that she's going to take some training, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, good, not good that she kind of, it's, it's one of those weird, like, apologies where she doesn't say sorry, and she's doubling down on what she did, even as she tries to, and tries to explain it away, even as she apologizes for it. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Could it be, is it so hard to say, whoops, I messed up? I came at this the wrong way and I'm going to yeah. do better. And here's how without, without trying to like squirm out. Of it. I don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's the usual. Yeah. So that's where we're at. I, I don't know. I feel like, and I don't know that I'm the only person who feels this way. I feel like it's a little bit of gaslighting going on here. Well, I mean, just, I mean, the, the thing that the, the fact that the release seems so intent on saying that there are questions, not comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, that therefore it's not as great. It's not as great a sin as people are making it out to be. It was just, just asking questions. That's all. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm glad to hear that, that there's some, not a promise of training, but a possible, possible talk of training and some understanding that what they did was, you know, that what she did, did hurt people did and did impair the relationships between Indigenous communities in the city and the city itself. Yeah. Which I think is the real, one of the real issues here. Yep, absolutely. During her comments to council, she talked about how apologizing was always her first resort. And yet, one of the things we've seen over the last two years is an astonishing lack of apologies from Councillor Shaw over any of the numerous things that she said she said that are utterly egregious at council. We've got to go to we've got to go to innovative revenue tools right now. Uh, so I thought I would just play us out with a councillor Tarina Shaw greatest hit. Something that councillor Tarina Shaw said in council never apologized for. And at the very following meeting, she was uh, promoted to uh, deputy mayor for a month. Councillor Shaw. I have a question, if you'll just give me a minute here, I'd like to say a few things. Over the past two years, people across the globe have put their lives on hold. We were told to social distance for each other, remain in our homes, cancel our weddings, our anniversaries, birthdays and celebrations. Do not visit our loved ones in care homes. We're all in this together. The rules that we as officials have, ele- have elected officials have set, I feel that this is our mandate to follow them, to lead by example. That to me is a true definition of a leader. I have a message to my fellow counselors. If you insist on preaching your choice to others, wear your masks when the cameras are on and take them off when the cameras are off. You are hypocrites, you're not leaders, 
you don't deserve my respect or the citizens' respect. Councillor Stadnicek? I'm pretty sure it says in the procedural bylaw that we're not supposed to cast um, any kind of negative um, judgment on what the motivations or or what other councillors say. Like there is should be a level of respect and not um, calling out other people on this floor. We're supposed to treat each other with respect. I never called anybody out on this floor, councillors. The people that are doing what the opposite of Thank you. We're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Oh, yes, we are. It's good, great tools, as always. Marvelous tools. Marvelous tools. Uh, I, I was just thinking, um, g- given what we were talking about in the first half of the show, do you remember a few years back we had a contest uh, to do city council fanfic? Oh, yes, I do. And, and yeah. we, we didn't really have much uptake. No. No. Uh, but I think I think the current roster of, uh, of city councilors is fertile ground for for yeah. like fanfic. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, did, could you imagine behind the scenes like uh, a story of shipping like councilor Shaw and Stevens? Just think about oh. it. Yeah. Or like maybe maybe an alternate universe version set in like you know Mars, like just. Mm-hmm. Just let your imagination run wild. Maybe yeah. like a Harry Potter version. You know, Ooh, I like that. Knows. Yeah. Ancient Rome. Ancient, ancient Rome. Yep. Yeah. You know, we, whatever. Uh, the, the Lost Continent of Atlantis. Yeah. Just take your pick. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a great idea. So, yeah. Um, if you have uh, the inclination to get your ship on and do some fanfic of mm-hmm. Regina City Council, we will read it on air. Yeah. But it has to be G-rated. It can't be. It can't be like a, a one-woman burlesque show of this can't be happening at McDonald Hall. Yeah, yeah. Leave us flaccid with your with your fan fiction, and we can read it on air. That's uh, yeah. And if uh, if if you uh, yeah, if it's good enough, we'll we'll do a needlepoint that says you left us flaccid with your fanfic, and uh, we'll send it to you. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yes, we will be doing another City Council fan fiction contest uh, this autumn. That's a wonderful way to kick off uh, the end of the warm weather and the start of uh, the cold. Hey, hey. Um, more happened at this uh, this council meeting, this press conference, in fact, because um, I had some questions at this press conference because I snuck out of the sub basement. And now that you can like go to, the, you can attend these press conferences virtually, hey? You don't have to, you know, oh. risk the pandemic and go to City Hall to, uh, you know, to ask questions of our mayor and city councilors after a meeting. So I was able to uh, log in as a guest and ask my boneheaded questions. Very nice. Yeah. Did, so they, I thought, did they say stop asking your boneheaded questions? Kind of or obliquely, they... yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to play it now. Uh, and oh, yeah. The other thing, too, is that you can be completely anonymous because 
the computer software they were using uh, didn't work. And so you couldn't ask your questions audit, like through a microphone. You had to type all of your questions. And then oh. uh, the lovely uh, Desiree Bernrother, the, uh, the media representative at the city, uh, would read your question uh, for you, which was nice. So anyways, I'm going to play that right now. All the shame. In the Integrity Commissioner's report, it was noted that the January 19th team meeting in question was with the Regina and Region Home Builders Association, which they presented their accommodating growth paper. Is it common practice for council to have informal private meetings with advocacy group? I, I don't know that I would necessarily call it private as, a, as opposed to it just wasn't uh, um, um, on the floor of council. It would be uh, normal even from... Um, even from administration to have briefings on information that are being presented. So uh, sometimes if a uh, association, uh, community association, a community um, based organization is having, uh, is going to release something public, sometimes they just want to have a discussion and brief council on what's going to be released. And so I believe that white paper is available to the public and it's, it's really just, it forms part of the information that, they also then present into administration, which is just one of the stakeholders that gets weighed into information that council looks at. All right. Okay. So that was the mayor's response to my question about, and we had talked about this last week, the uh, how it was interesting that the Regina Home Builders Association had an opportunity to talk about growth and density privately with council in a meeting. And we only knew about it because of this integrity commissioner report. And as Mayor Masters has replied, they have a whole bunch of meetings with uh, with groups. Uh, so I, I requested the list of, of meetings that they have had, and I have that in front of me right now. Huh. So these meetings run from December 15th, 2020 through to uh, November 23rd, 2022. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if this is a complete list of all of the uh, external briefings the council has had, uh, but I have been handed this by the mayor's office. Right. So it includes meetings with Real, Economic Development Regina, Regina Public Library, the Airport Authority, the Hotel Association. Uh, there was a COVID-19 update on uh, February 9th, 2021 with the uh, Saskatchewan Health Association. They met with Redleaf Pulp. Um, I Regina knew Chamber it. I knew it. It's right there in paper. <laughs> that they've been doing things with paper people. Um, a Regina Chamber of Commerce briefing in March, also with Black in Saskatchewan, the YWCA, the Regina Red Sox had a meeting in March, uh, at the end of March in 2021. Uh, the e-scooters group, there was a meeting about e-scooters, which is nice. Regina Indian Industrial Schools uh, met with them in August. Sask Energy, Regina, a residential school presentation uh, by Tony Stevenson, another COVID-19 update in September. Sask Power had a meeting, economic development, Regina briefing to council about their budget. Okay, that's 2021. So I'm going to run through all of these. I'm almost done though. Yeah, oh yeah. Then in 2022, their very first meeting was their uh, briefing on that accommodating growth paper with the Regina Home Builders Association. That was, as we know, January 19th. Then there was a meeting with SUMA at the, uh, the next day, the Integrity Commissioner uh, session for one hour uh, in April. So that was the first time they spoke about this uh, Integrity Commissioner complaint mm -hmm. uh, that uh, Councillor Stevens had lodged against Councillor Shaw. 
There's a Truth and Reconciliation workshop in August, uh, council tour briefing with um, the two bids, uh, downtown bid and warehouse bid, and then um, an internal audit information meeting. So it all does seem extremely mundane, uh, this, this thing that I have uncovered, this meeting that these, these meetings do happen on a fairly regular basis. I will again note, though, that in this case, the Home Builders Association was having a private meeting while administration was writing a report on density and intensification and greenfield growth. And their paper was very obviously an attempt to uh, sort of define the terms of that discussion. So while I'm less uncomfortable with it, uh, I'm not taking down my red flag. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that's, uh, that's, that was the big thing that took up the bulk of last week's council meeting was uh, the, the whole uh, shabacle that we were talking about. And what but, else? What oh, else came up in council? Oh my God. You know how it is. There's always something, right? There is. Well, in this case, it was a report. The other thing that happened was there was a, there was a report on our uh, red light camera program. Oh, yeah. Tell? Well, we have, I think it's only four, four red light cameras in all of Regina. And um, there are four different lights. And basically what the report said is, yeah, it's working. It's cutting down the number of people speeding through red lights and hitting people uh, crosswise, hmm. um, which is great that these cameras are actually working. They're giving out tickets and uh, it's, it's making a difference in the city. And basically they met, they seem to measure this by uh, collisions and uh, they, you know, the red light program did straddle COVID. So they've had to control for that, but it does look like there is a statistically significant reduction in collisions. Thanks to having red light cameras, but we only have them at those four intersections. Right. Um, you know, you know, mm -hmm. I actually had an idea for a cheaper way to achieve possibly even better results. Oh, do tell. Uh, you set up fake cameras on every intersection. And every so often, you send random people tickets. Oh, I like that. Just like whether, they, whether they've actually run a red or sped or anything. Yeah. Just you just send them a ticket with a small, with a small like traffic fine. Yeah. Uh, just just to make it seem like the program's working and people will uh, will believe. You know, I like it's, this idea. It's panopticon. That's yeah. you know, you never know when you're being watched, but you you may always be being watched. I, I love this idea. And I love this idea more as uh, you know, the starting conceit for a dystopian uh, sci-fi film set in the <laughs> Queen City, where they've they've started to, you know, just give out random traffic tickets. Mm -hmm. And um there are these like there's you don't know where the fake cameras are. The fake camera could be anywhere. Exactly. Um, but then there's there's real cameras scattered amongst the fake cameras. So where's the real camera? Nobody knows. And people are getting the tickets. They don't. And then the, mm -hmm. the, there's like a resistance that rises up. Well, okay. Of, yeah, of people with like muscle cars and trucks who mm -hmm. they're not going to take it anymore. And um, I don't know. Maybe they form a convoy and uh, Ooh, they start. Nice. Yeah. And what they do is they start like driving on the the uh, the bypass and they just start circling the city Mad Max style. And they just start circling Regina. Right. And uh, they just, you know, they cut Regina off from uh, the outside world. And then uh, like 
there's like a crisis because nobody can get stuff anymore because the, there's the convoy. And mm-hmm. um, so it's like uh, everybody's like dying because they're not getting any food and they're like screaming out, what will we do? And like the leaders of the convoy are like, eat your fake cameras. And they do. And they do. Or, or yeah. Yeah. Which as it turns out are made of like rock candy. So <laughs> they do provide some sustenance. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. give you a, they give you bad teeth though, because yeah. we don't have we don't have fluoridation <laughs> in our water. <laughs> That's right. And then they're like, no, why didn't we have fluoride in our water? Yeah. Uh, but it turns out all the people who don't like fluoride in their water are also the people who are circling the city in the convoy. Yep. So so there you go. Yeah, I was I love that idea. I like the idea of like the convoy in a constant circular motion. Along the along the ring road and the bypass, yeah. and like every so often, like raiding the 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 city for like get more gasoline and maybe truck stop food. Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Like every so often, like raiding the co-op for like sushi. Yeah. Or whatever else, or those sandwiches, Seven Eleven sandwiches. You know, whatever. I don't know if I've told you this, but I'm a firm believer that like, so we we're going through a period in cinema where uh, superhero films the uh, are you know ever ever present they're like everywhere You're kind and of a thing. yeah and so this like male sort of like power fantasy is playing out on the screen uh through superheroes but i think what what's coming next the next like wave of film will be hearkening back to the old power fantasy which were the um the truck films of the 1970s oh, and 80s okay, so like okay. every which <clears throat> every which way but loose convoy mm-hmm. like the, this this kind of uh oh smoky and the bandit these right. uh rebel with a powerful vehicle films are going to i think there's going to be a big resurgence especially like you know hollywood's going to capitalize on this like convoy energy that uh north america has right now and they're going to start making those what we need is like a new burt reynolds right like i'm sure somebody in hollywood is like thinking, eh, if I just grow a mustache and make a few wisecracks, I could be the next Burt Reynolds. And they'll get like their truck movie. And uh, that's all she wrote. Like the superhero movies are just going to disappear. And it's going to be all truck comedies from that point on. I I can't wait. Yeah? I frankly cannot. Yeah, I am. I am just, I'm tired of superhero movies. Bring on, bring on the trucker genre once more. Because nobody got tired of that in the 80s. <laughs> Like the, the the movie makers themselves said, enough. Will this will upset? This will upend society as we know it. So we have to put a stop to it now. Yeah, I think when like to get ahead of this, we should start doing a segment in the Queen City Improvement Bureau where we start teaching people CB slang so that they're oh. prepared. Right? Oh yeah, like some Queen City specific slang to CB boot. slang. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anyways, what were we talking about? I've I have no idea. Um oh, tra- we're on traffic the, lights. We're on the traffic, traffic lights. lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the red light program. We're on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, right. Queen City Improvement Bureau, talking all things council. Can we can we call it uh do you think if we wrote a report we could get the city to call it the red light special program? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be jazzed up because not everybody at council is like a super fan on this program. <laughs> Uh, one of the, oh, so this is basically just uh, like a report saying, hey, it's working. And also let's expand it. So, uh, and they're going to look into ways to expand it. Um, they'd like to, it costs money 
of course. And uh, one of the things I'd like to add is uh, rolling right turns on red lights. So uh, oh. there's, if, if you've ever walked in the city, you know, the cars have a tendency to uh, just roll right through uh, a red, a right turn uh, heedless of the pedestrians right. that are trying so, to cross the street. Are they, so they're trying to make it easier for people to do this. Is that, <laughs> why, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, you'd think in this town that would be the case, but no, uh, they don't actually have the power to do this right now. They no. have to. Uh, they have to ask the uh, provincial government for the authority to enforce that infraction through um, through a, a, a stoplight camera. Apparently, huh. they they can watch them. They've been counting them, and uh, so they know at their four sites with like cameras that uh, these things are happening. Pedestrians are almost getting hit by cars, and a few pedestrians have been hit by cars that are just rolling uh, right through a right end turn. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's that's what their hope is, is: they'll be able to expand this. I should note this red light camera program does not make the city a, a penny. In fact, they're losing money on it. Um, they figure it costs three hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year to operate this program, and the city is only taking in two hundred and forty-one thousand dollars in uh, fines a year off the program. Uh, so they're losing 129,000. If they were to add enforcement of rolling right turns, they figure they might recover another $120,000. So they'd still be down like 9,000 a year on this program, uh, even if they expand it to uh, enforce more stuff. Hmm. Well, I mean, 9,000 a year is better than 129,000. Yep. Yep. But administration's point is that we're not doing this to make money. This isn't a money-making game for us. It's about like improving the safety on the streets for other cars. And for pedestrians. It's about people not dying or getting in accidents or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And their research suggests that uh, this is effective at uh, curbing uh, bad driver behavior. Councillor Councillor Mancinelli, though, had some questions. And uh, he seemed more concerned about the possibility that if there were these these cameras, fake or real, that people could perhaps get um, a ticket over a rolling right-hand turn that they might be inclined to stop suddenly at a, at a right-hand turn and that that might lead to fender bender. My first question. So if I understand this literature correctly, um, red light cameras have greatly decreased, decreased broadside impacts on side collisions. Is that correct? Through you, Mayor Masters, I'll ask Ms. Clean to comment. Through you, Madam Mayor, that is correct. Um, is that same type of uh, evidence shown for the right turn red light cameras? Um, just to follow up, uh, if I understand this correctly, the North American Insurance Committee on Highway Safety endorses red light cameras but has no real um, hard data on right turn red light cameras to form that strong a position. Is that the same as you found? Through you, Madam Mayor, I'll start and I'll maybe ask my colleague, Mr. Ravada, to add some additional comments. Um, so the data for rolling right turn on red is not as ubiquitous as the straight through movements are. So what we are looking at and our primary considerations are on the number of violations, the number of injuries that we've had with that type of movement in the city, particularly with pedestrians, and um, as well the anecdotal reports that we get, keeping in mind that not all close calls or minor injuries with pedestrians is reported in our collision database. 
Um, I'll ask Mr. Rabada if he has any specific um, studies that he can allude to to provide more comment on that question. Through you, Madam Mayor. Um, we, um, there is no direct research at this point we have on direct um, data showing that, but we do have data um, from the cameras that are existing right now that shows these violations and we have tabulated all of those. And those are the violations that could happen first through the activation of rolling right turn on reds. And the intention of the rolling right turn on reds is to make the drivers more aware of the pedestrians while they're predominantly focused on the left coming vehicles while they make those turns. And then um, through Vision Zero, one of the priorities is also to promote pedestrian safety and then rolling right turn on reds activation puts that in the fo front focus uh, and uh, um, supporting to give that pedestrians um, a safer means to traverse through the high busy concentrated intersections. Um, thank you for that. Uh, in addition, is there not also a, a, a danger or a risk of an increased uh, rear end collisions attributed to these uh, apparatus, especially the right turn red light, which actually uh, adds a layer of risk, although they're on analysis, there seems to be more benefit than risk, it actually is introducing extra risk. Is that correct? Through you, Madam Mayor, our data shows that for the city of Regina, rear end collisions have not been increasing with the implementation of rolling right turn on right collisions. There is some research globally that does show that there is a slight increase in collisions. Uh, we're not seeing that borne out here in our city. Additionally, I would again draw attention to the severity of the collisions of a, a rear end versus a right angle collision. Um, just to be clear, we haven't implemented this in our city yet, so we would have no evidence of positive or negative. All we can uh, count on is other municipalities who have done this who have seen an increased risk, correct? Through you, Madam Mayor, the current application of red light cameras has shown no increase in rear end cameras. We, we don't have the data as to whether ticketing for the rolling right turns on red would have an impact. Thank you. You know, even if it did result in fender benders, that's better than people getting run over. I would think that's, that's yeah. just my that's just my opinion. So yeah. I, I think actually it would not result in fender benders. It maybe maybe to start with, but having people actually you know obey the law, um, I, I think is a net good when it comes to traffic. Yeah, yeah. His concern seemed way overblown. Like he was he was concerned about um, the enforcing rolling right turns would increase risk on the road. Um, no, he should think. He should think about it in the precise opposite term. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what administration tried to stress was that you know the the tiny increase. And he said they said that you know there is a tiny increase of this like bumper to bumper uh, interactions between cars uh, statistically, but mm -hmm. uh, far like what's being prevented is a far more likely you know a rolling right turn leads to you know side on collisions with people right and if you can actually if you've actually been watching the footage and you can see this happening yeah i think perhaps uh, i think perhaps enforcing you know rolling right turn problem is probably a good thing yeah it's going to put that out there 
Yeah. And the administration pointed out that a lot of people don't report their near misses, but they have, but that administration has heard a lot of anecdotes about people who, and you know what, I've got anecdotes about nearly being hit by cars that weren't paying attention to me when I was trying to cross. So I I have been hit by a car in that situation and uh, I I didn't report it. I just uh, basically stood up and waved and kept walking. Did you apologize? No, no. Like I feel I've, like a bad Canadian, I did not apologize. Right. But neither did the person who hit me. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I it, I felt like there was like some upside down priorities. Fortunately, though, the report yeah. passed a lot with only counselors Mancinelli and Shaw voting against it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, our, we will. Our red light program will continue and we will hopefully be expanding our uh, red light camera program in the near future. Yeah, uh, province and, willing. And it is, as always, it is difficult to, when people drive everywhere, it is hard to make them understand that the safety of pedestrians probably outranks the convenience or possibility of minor accident with cars. No kidding. Eh? Yeah. That's kind of maddening. Yeah. All right. So that was, that was pretty much it. Uh, other bit of news that we should mention before wrapping things up, but uh, it is that time of year again where people can apply to be on city boards and committees. Do it, people. Apply. Yeah. Uh, so you want to go to regina.ca slash your city, one word, and you will get information on how to apply and what to uh, what positions are open? There are uh, vacancies on the Accessibility Advisory Committee, mm-hmm. the Board of Revision, the Board of Police Commissioners. That's an important one. The City Center Core Development Advisory Committee. I don't know if that's a citizen position available there. So the Development Appeal Board, the Regina Appeal Board, the Regina Planning Commission. That's a committee with some real power. Mm-hmm. The Regina Downtown Business Improvement District, the Regina Public Library Board, and the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. I do believe if you're going to apply to the to either of the bids, you have to live or have a business in those districts if right. you want to apply. You you also have to answer a skill testing question. Yeah. Yep. Like and uh, and you're not and and residents of Quebec are not eligible to to enter. Unfortunately. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. So yeah, those are these these committees are super important, and they really do. Uh, uh, we don't have a lot of them left. We used to have a lot more committees, mm-hmm. and uh, there's just these this these meager few that are available. So yeah, if you want to have some like direct uh, input into how the city goes forward, you should apply for these uh, positions. And if you do, if you apply because you heard about it on this show, tell them the Queen City Improvement Bureau sent you, and you'll get ten percent off your first month. You will. It's true. Just log on to uh, regina.ca slash Queen City Improvement Bureau Yeah, for 10% off your first month of citizenship. Anyways, on that note, uh, we are pretty much out of time. All right, then. Well, uh, should I move to adjourn? I would second that motion. All right, then. Motion is passed. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Our, your hosts are Paul Shen and Aidan Morgan. Music by Guidewire, a.k.a. Ryan Hill. We are broadcast Thursday afternoon, 7 to 8 p.m., and we broadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. So you can hear us as you retire for the evening or drive home from work on Monday. 
Uh, find us as well, Queen City IB on Twitter, Queen City uh, Bureau on the web, also cjt.ca slash podcast if you're archive of shows of meetings. Uh, yeah, coming up next, we've got uh, Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by more programming, and then it's music all on through the evening. That's it. Keep on improving, John.